ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop Season 5, Episode 10. Ryland Turner here, joined as always by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, it was an interesting show for sure, so fun to be talking about it. Yes, yes. We're back in the AEW swing of things after WrestleMania weekend. Uh, before we get into everything, Kyle, how was your WrestleMania weekend? Like, overall? Um, it was good. I think, you know, ultimately looking back on the show, it ended up being pretty good. I think, um, WWE has devolved down a very Vincey path, which is very sad to see, but at least for the weekend, it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into Vincey and his mustache, uh, right quick, real fast. Kyle, tell the fine folks what we're about to do. Well, uh, we've got some wrestling news that we need to talk about. Oh, so we've got to do the uh, Wednesday Night Roundup. It's a Wednesday Night Roundup. So, first bit of news, we've got a bunch of AEW signings to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, Nigel McGuinness, Willie Mack, and then, spoilers for the show, Switchblade Jay White all get signed. Ryan, what are your thoughts on these signings? Uh, I think it's pretty evident that the Jay White signing, I, for me anyway, I, I don't know if maybe you feel differently. Um, I feel like this is probably a decision that he made rather quickly. Um, things in WWE are changing at a rapid pace. And we're going to get into that in the big news segment of the week. But uh, no, honestly, this guy fits in with AEW. He fits in with all the crew. He fits in with all of the wrestlers. Like, I would have been disappointed to see him go anywhere else um, because I don't think they would have known what to do with him. That's just my opinion on that. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on Jay White? Um, I was not a huge New Japan person. And... I think Jay White has really come into his own recently, but when I was paying attention to, to New Japan, Jay White was still sort of a little bit uh, green, not to be too you know blunt on it. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. His character has not caught my attention just yet. I do think he's going to be a big deal. The question is how he makes the transition to America. It seems like he's doing the Bullet Club thing. And where are we going with it? That's always my question with everything is where are we going with this? So for him, I think it's important to figure out what direction they're going with him. And if it's to beat up Ricky Starks, that is a bit disappointing. Certainly, certainly. Uh, what about Willie Mack? So I'm not a big impact guy, shockingly. I'm excited for Willie Mack because I think he's another good wrestler who can join into what is developing to be a pretty good Haas division. Uh, which seems to be centered around the TNT Championship, which I am all for. Okay. okay. And like he's a former, like he's a former X Division champion. Like he's a he's a pretty he was a pretty big deal in Impact. So I think he'll slot in quite nicely. Although I think it's possible that he might end up being part of the Ring of Honor stuff. Okay. I mean, certainly he was on that Ring of Honor show, so I could definitely see that being a possibility. Um, like. Do you not see any way that they can slide him into uh, TV on AEW? Like, do you feel like it, Ring of Honor is a foregone conclusion? No, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. It just depends. Like, the thing about Willie Mack is that he is not a large enough name to push himself onto television, I think. So it's going to have to be with his wrestling. If he gets opportunities, he's going to have to ball out. 
which he fully can. It's just, you know, there's only so much time on AEW TV, and there's a lot of wrestlers. Okay. All right. Uh, Talk to me about Nigel McGuinness. I mean, Nigel McGuinness is, to me, like, my return to wrestling was NXT in the, you know, Gargano, Ciampa, Adam Cole, that sort of era. That was my my coming back into wrestling. So to me, Nigel McGuinness is, in a way, at least, you know, not as much as Mauro Ronaldo, but is in a way like the voice of wrestling to me. Uh, so yeah, okay. that's sort of. Do you do you see that uh, maybe him wrestling? No, I would be shocked if he he wrestled. But I mean, he's hinted at it a lot, though. I know he's really hinted at it. But we will definitely like we'll see. But I think maybe as a one-off thing. But I would be surprised. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Kyle. Uh, we have a big story to talk about this week. A big, bad old story. Yeah. Um, Rylan, Endeavor purchased WWE. It happened. It happened. The sale has been made. WWE has been sold. Vince McMahon, for the first time since this, pub, uh, since this uh, company has gone public, is not the majority shareholder. Yeah. It's... So Endeavor is taking over and merging UFC and WWE under that that brand, um, streamlining it as sort of one company. Where this all goes sort of remains to be seen. I imagine they're going to be keeping the two separate in terms of their product. I can't imagine there's going to be a ton of cross-promotion, though now that I say it immediately, I don't love it. And also, it appears that they are very big into Vince McMahon. This kind of stinks to me. This is me, you know, putting my tinfoil hat on, but I honestly think WWE could have gotten more a bigger buyer. I think this feels like Vince took the deal that allowed Vince to Vince the most. It, it certainly. Do you think this is an improvement then from them selling to Saudi though? I guess. Yes, it is. Like everything's an improvement over that, but like this, like in terms of if it was going to be Endeavor or a media company like a Disney or a NBC Universal or whatever it was going to be, I do think this is kind of the worst case scenario in terms of those kind of companies. But we'll see. They have done good work with the UFC since purchasing them in 2016. Like this is this have is not they? a company. Y- yes, yes. Ultimately, like they have tripled the market value that they bought the company for, and and I can't. I, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. The, the 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 CNBC interview with Vince McMahon uh, or Gomez Adams, wh- whomever you saw on television that day. And Ari Emanuel, like it, it was a gross billionaire meeting uh, of the minds that it just it oozed. We're all douchebags and I'm saving him from having to go away because, you know, I'm just as equal. I'm equally as big of a douchebag as this guy. That That's what that that whole thing oozed to me. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, firstly, I, I don't see how you don't cross promote the UFC and the WWE. Like uh, that, that seems like a, a, and honestly, knowing Vince, 
he's going to try. Sure. I think that's a really bad idea. I think for UFC, it's a terrible idea. I don't think, like, the thing is, a lot of people think there's a lot of crossover in the audience. I don't think there's as much as people realize. And the second thing is, Endeavor has made a lot of the UFC into a money generator, but it's done so at the expense of the talent. No, and but so is WWE, though. Yes, but, like, that's, not they, a, but that's my point. No, it's, it's not a good thing, Kyle. I'm just saying that I... Um, I'm certain, like certainly, I, I think that the, as a talent, or even just as an employee of the company right now, I'd be sweating because I, I look at like the UFC production team when when you're hyping up a big fight, and I look at the WWE production team, and I feel like one of those two teams might not be necessary. But the, pro- the and it's the problem is all the backstage roles. That's where there's going to be a lot of bleeding in all of this, but I think the biggest thing in terms of being a wrestling fan is I do think this is not great news for the talent. Well, I mean, like Vince being in the picture is not good news for the talent, so certainly you're right. But I think like UFC has a very, how do I put this nicely, disposable relationship with its talent. Well, Francis Nargano is is the perfect example of that. That they, you know, they chew through those guys. I mean, especially the the lower card, but even some of the upper card, they chew through them. And then once they're done with them, they spit them out and there's not really much use for them anymore. It's very mercenary, which is fair enough. But because the UFC deliver has so many constant fights, and that's the biggest thing that scares me uh, for this, the UFC has gone to the thing where they have so many shows. There's a U- there's a big UFC show almost every week, right? And with their deal with ESPN Plus, I worry about where we're going with this with regards to churning through churning through people um because yeah i don't think that it's i don't think it's a good thing talk to me about your idea behind uh what happens in 2026 when the peacock deal comes up do you think it would be beneficial for wwe and the ufc to combine their libraries and bring together an ultimate network uh that they could like i feel like that would make money no like i i you don't think so? I think it could make money to have a tape for the tape library. The big thing about it is one, I think they don't want to have the responsibility of having to run a platform anymore. Okay. And two, the UFC makes a ton of money off of pay-per-view. And that's the big thing that is sort of sort of interesting to this is I think wrestling fans have gotten used to, particularly WWE fans, have gotten used to the idea that wrestling pay-per-views aren't pay-per-view anymore. And if we're going back to a world of $50 a month for WWE pay-per-views, or even worse case, if we're getting more pay-per-views because the UFC wants to ramp this thing up even further and squeeze as much money as possible. Yeah, I like I I'm not optimistic about this at all. Okay, so there's not a single part of this scenario that you're a fan of right now. No, I like so the thing about I'm not a huge fan of of the UFC to begin with. Um which, you know, I 
it might be coloring my opinion just a little bit, but I think the biggest thing is what the UFC has become. Going from where it was, um, you know, six, seven years ago, or, or and to where it's gotten to, where we're talking about, especially like the the clothing brands, they all the basically controlling fighters' identities, controlling their personalities, um, basically turning them all into like replaceable whatever, not allowing them to be the interesting human beings that they are which is very reminiscent to a way that vince mcmahon likes to do business and that's what's concerning to me about all this is that this feels like such a good vincible match that it worries me that we're going to get a bunch of people in control of this company who are going to move it in a vince direction which is exactly what they don't need right now and exactly what they had that was putting them on in a really bad place about a, you know, remember a year and a half ago or so the WWE was in a really bad place. Talent was miserable. They were leaving. There was a lot of frustration backstage. You know, people were really done with this company and, and the fans were really tired of it. And, man, I don't know that I have ever seen a raw, a random Raw show. I know it was the Raw after Mania, but I don't know that I've ever seen a Raw hurt fans and make, or like, and, you know, make the, the fans feel as disappointed as this one. Okay, I got two more lighthearted questions for you. Number one, how do you think Tony Khan feels about this? I think he feels disappointed because I think I do genuinely think they probably put an offer in for it. I am, I will say this as much as I am not super happy about the direction the WWE is going, that would have been the worst case because what wrestling needs is competition more than anything. Right. So I'm glad that Tony Khan, I'm sure he's disappointed that he didn't get the WWE. And the pro- the other thing is he would have tried to run everything, which, boy, he needs to sit down or be sat down. I'm not sure which. <laughs> My last question to you, Kyle, about this news story is, what about that fucking mustache, man? Holy shit, what is going on with Vince? He looks like he's going nuts, man. He looks, he's got fucking, he's obviously had facial work done. His hair is jet black and he's got Gomez fucking Adams mustache. What is this? This is a man who doesn't get told no. (laughs) I, I don't know what more to tell you. Like, if I shave my mustache to like that tomorrow, what are you going to think? I will tell you that it's a bad idea and that you need to get rid of it. Okay. All right. Like, that's the thing about it is that Vince needs somebody in his life who tells him no in more ways than one. And that's never been his steez. It's amazing to me that like we've got a guy like, like Ari Emanuel is not anything to scoff at well he is not well he should have definitely made a bigger impact in the data white uh scenario a few months ago um this guy is like one of the biggest hollywood agents of the world if not the biggest and he's parlayed that into owning this company endeavor and like 
these like purchasing the UFC, purchasing the WWE. This guy is a scary individual right now. It's a lot of content that is owned by one company. And there is a glut of content um, providers that would very much love to have that tape library. And I think that's the biggest thing that this deal does net you. I just personally, I don't think that there's a way that there's go- that this is going to go well for the consumer. No, no. I certainly think that, and, and not only for the consumer, but for the talent itself. Like, the word was that the talent was in a very low morale state uh, Monday night. Uh, when Vince was in Gorilla and twirling his fucking ridiculous mustache. Um, God, this is it's it's the weirdest. Like, Kyle, we did a live show just a few months ago talking about Vince having to step down from WWE and, and retiring. And here we are all these months later and he's back looking like the, the, the fucking most James Bond 1960s villain he could look like. And he's he sold the WWE like that. That's something we haven't really talked about, is that the the, the, the UFC and the WWE, they're merging as to one company and the, the title of this company hasn't been figured out yet. But um, I guess they're going as TKO on the ticker. Um, and I, like from what I've read, uh, Endeavor is doing this partly to offset some of their debt from the UFC. Um, I have I have no idea what the plan is with all of this. I'm sure there's going to be announced like there's going to be announcements to the shareholders. These are publicly traded companies. We are going to get a just a glut of information. Yes, and and this is still the first week, so we don't have as much as we would want to uh, news wise. But like the the announcement itself, I think is rather large. Yeah, it is a big deal. But we will we will see what comes of it. Obviously, I think in a, there's a chance that it ends up turning out really well. But right now, I'm not holding my breath. It's fair. That's totally fair. So it's time to move on. I'll let you do this because you love doing this part. <laughs> Kyle, it's time for dinner before dynamite. Hmm. Kyle, what'd you eat? I had a burger from Five Guys. It was very good. Dope. You? Dope. Five Guys. I have yet to have Five Guys. I, I'm jealous of this this experience. Next time you're in town, let me know. We'll do it. Okay. A- absolutely. Absolutely. I know I know. Karina will be down for that for sure, too. She's also told me legend of this Five Guys. Um, I had a bruschetta, a grilled chicken bruschetta, and it was uh, it was adequate, I suppose. Uh, knowing that you had five guys, I'm definitely jealous, though. Moving on, though, Kyle. Um, it's time to get into the Wednesday night rundown. Ricky Starks versus Juice Robinson ended in a no contest after Jay White came out and attacked Ricky Starks. We got a promo backstage from Chris Jericho, which was interrupted by Keith Lee. Keith Lee seems to be targeting Jericho for next week. House of Black defeated the Orange Cassidy the Best Friends to defend their trio's titles. Jamie Hayter defeated Riho 
to defend her women's title. The Outcasts had an interview backstage with Renee. Then we got the JS and the Acclaimed had an interesting segment where they talked about trying to merge. It was very strange. MJF had a long segment that involved him singing, uh, receiving recognition, uh, a larger key to the city than the one he had already received, and then getting attacked by Jungle Boy and walked past by Sammy Guevara. Speaking of, he had a match where he defeated Commander in a short but relatively good match. We then had a promo from Sammy Guevara after after the fact. We then had the FTW Championship where Hook defeated Ethan Page after Matt Hardy turned on Ethan Page. Yes. After that, we had Nigel McGuinness and Tony Khan backstage to announce that All In is going to London, England to be at Wembley Stadium, which... Let's talk about this. Let's let, let's just talk about this now. Okay. Um, wow. Wow. Like, oh, listen, he says he's got a big announcement all the fucking time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're conditioned now to have it not be that big of an announcement. This is a pretty big one. It's a big stadium a, for sure. Yeah, it's a big fucking stadium. So, do you think he's got tie-ins with all the soccer uh, people out there? I mean he he's de facto in charge of Everton. <laughs> you got to explain what that means. De facto in charge of Everton. So, his family. I'm trying to remember. Actually, no, it was Everton. Oh, I can never remember who, which team. Fulham. Sorry, I believe it is Fulham. FC. I'm going to look this up to make sure I have it right. I know it's one of those teams. Yes. Either way, the fans hate him. Yo, Fulham fans are not not a fan of his. But yes, he is. They're in charge of Fulham. So yeah, I think they have they have connections certainly to like the Premier League. Um, I do believe I do not remember because I know there was bidding over at the time. I do not remember which of the teams play at Wembley. I do think that it is because there was a right of first refusal to the Wembley Stadium. Um, but yeah, there, there. Obviously, it's a huge deal stadium in England, and yeah, this is. I mean, it's. <sighs> It's ambitious. I'll give him that. So you don't think this sells out? I don't know. I I suspect it won't because I like if I'm being honest, I think WWE would have uh issue selling at Wembley. But yeah, if it does, that's a huge win for AEW. So I mean, because this is what I'm thinking. Like, if this even gets close, if they do 50,000, if they do 60,000, if they do 70,000, anywhere near, because it's it's a capacity of 90, so am, am I wrong? It, so it's complicated because, you know, again, I don't know where they're placing all of the, all of the stuff, whether or not you're going to be able to see it from all sides. So its soccer capacity is about 70, but it's expandable to 90. If I had to guess, it'll be somewhere in the 70,000 range will be a, what, what a sellout would be. So, but, but with all that being said, even 50,000 fans in that building for AEW is a Big, big, big deal, I think. I because agree I think with you, but the only thing about that is if they only sell 50,000 tickets, I do wonder if they're going to make money off of it. 
I, I don't genuinely I don't genuinely know how much it costs to rent out that stadium. I cannot imagine it's cheap. No, but I also I can imagine between what they're making on pay per view, because that that, that they are still on pay per view, right? So like, or at least you know streaming whatever. Um, with what they're making on pay per view, depending upon how well they book this show, and like we've got the all in um theme to it, so we could have a, a mix of Ring of Honor and AEW talent at this show. Um, or we could have just a, a, a like an uh, what I honestly think they should do is have a couple of top AEW matches, and if you're gonna call it all in, bring some other indie talent in, bring some Impact, bring some GCW, bring some Japan wrestlers in, like make it a big all around the the globe show. I think that that benefits that show the best. I and honestly, it should be like a big deal event. I think they should be in England for a bit for a bit there and like really big up that show certainly hopefully it goes well yeah it, it's a it's a it was a big announcement i i was surprised i was certainly surprised yeah it's not a i mean yeah they're they're gonna go for it so um good on them yeah uh, like that's yeah uh, like if they pull if they pull this off and sell it out and have like a big deal show i think that would be very it's a big win for aw We'll move on for the rest of the what is happening on the rest of this show. We had Blackpool Combat Club beat up some jobbers. Then Hangman Page came out and he got attacked. And Brian Danielson got a screwdriver. That's not good. Then we move on to the main event. And in the main event, FTR defeated the guns for the tag championships so they are still in AEW and in a last minute thing that I think they cut a, a little bit too quickly uh, Mark Briscoe came out to celebrate with them this podcast is brought to you by Spear King literally our producer RJ has decided to branch out and brand himself and we couldn't be more excited to hear that if you've been with Wednesday Night Wall up from the beginning you will hear that the production has since improved tenfold And that's all thanks to Spear King. RJ has worked tediously to hone his production skills, from the opening song to the tidbits of music sprinkled throughout, and the editing of the podcast in its entirety. Spear King puts a royal effort into your product. I know for a fact that we wouldn't have the professional sound that we do without his efforts. So please go support our producer in all of his future endeavors, and don't be afraid to reach out about something you're interested in RJ getting his hands on. That's Spear King Co. on Facebook, at spear.king.co on Instagram and at spearkingmusic on TikTok. Spearking. Music, media, and production. I have a ton of honorable mentions, so I'll start with those if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, Keith Lee. Well, it's always exciting to see Keith Lee. Yes. And seeing Jericho, like, visually intimidated by him is very cool. Um, the Matt Hardy turn. I was excited to see this. Like I'm, because I, to me, if I had to guess, it's probably Mark Quinn returning. That's my best guess for this. And frankly, I think Ethan Page is better off going in a different direction. And frankly, I wouldn't mind him as a mid card face. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, you're not wrong. 
Um, you're going to hate me for this, but I have Jay White in my honorable mentions. I thought the attack was cool, though I didn't love the fact that it was on Ricky Starks, because again, Ricky Starks is somebody you should be building up, because I think he's a big, big deal. Or has the potential to be, and right now, he's kind of floundering a little bit. And I also had MJF singing as an honorable mention. This was a, the segment was interesting, um, but the highlight was him uh, crooning with a live band, which we haven't seen him do this since the segment with Jericho, and I enjoyed that greatly. So yeah, stands to reason I enjoyed this too. Uh, I've got a lot of honorable mentions myself. Uh, MJF singing also a, a big deal for me. I thought the segment was great. Like, I think they knew he was going to get an overwhelmingly babyface reaction, given that it's his home state. And he, you know, like they were going to play up the fact that he got honored in his hometown, all those things. So, like, look at the Jungle Boy reaction. Like, Jungle Boy was getting heavily booed every time he got offense on MJF in that break apart there. Like, it was genius to do what they did. They just let MJF be MJF for a few minutes, and it was great. It ended up being a good, like, seven to ten minutes of TV. Uh, yeah. The the idea uh, behind Keith Lee versus Jericho excites me greatly. Uh, like, I, I was going to mention, I think you mentioned uh, the idea of Jericho cowering to him. Like, it was great. It was almost cartoonish. but but also, But, like, not in a bad way. Uh, I have Sammy versus Commander on my honorable mentions. I thought it was a good match. Not the best performance I saw of Commander in the last, like, seven days. And uh, it just, it, 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 I felt like it didn't quite get there. And I have Jay White's debut. I, 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 I think you uh, underestimate my love of Jay White, or overestimate my love of Jay White, because, like, it was okay. It was a big way to start Dynamite. It happened within the first five minutes. So, like, there was that. And I think that that was kind of... I think that was genius in a way because, like, you... you, Anyone who's not watching, if they're on a message board, if they're on a group chat, if they're on the internet, finding out that Jay White made his debut within five minutes of Dynamite airing, I think is a big deal. So, yeah, and, and they announced his signing. So we know he's he's all elite now. And, you know, I, I thought that that was pretty good. Uh, I think up, it's a blow to WWE. Yeah, I, I do, too. But honestly, with the way that they're acting right now, I bet they don't think so. Uh, big ups to Sue. The return of Sue, man. Yes. That minivan. I, I had to explain this to my girlfriend, who was very confused uh, watching this program with me tonight uh, when Sue drove up. Uh, but she immediately was like, oh, that's so sweet. His mom drives him to their matches. That's great. Well, and it's the thing. Um, they didn't get as big a, a hometown reaction, Mm-mm. which was a little disappointing. And my last honorable mention, the, the gun's entrance was tremendous. Tremendous. Like, 50 Cent? Perfect. Perfect. Like, this is the best they've ever looked. They had to wrestle after, which was unfortunate, but this is the best they've ever looked. Um, And, I, I like, do you have thoughts on that? I think the entrance was good. Like, I wasn't I wasn't super, you know, hyped for I was, I think, honestly, that whole time I was just too anxious about the fact that, like, I was worried FTR wasn't going to win it. And I was I was ready to be mad. It they they played with your emotions in that match. That's they, for sure. They sure they sure did. 
Are we ready to get the lists? Let's go. My number five. It was wordless, but it was perfect. Luchasaurus is back. <laughs> I am ready. And he's got Christian with him. Christian has, yes. is, is continuing to be in AEW despite rumors. Um, if, if he's going to be more of a manager, whatever the role is going to be, I think this is perfect. I think Luchasaurus as a heel was such a boss, and I'm so excited to see him return. I, I yeah, I'm, I can't wait. And honestly, um, getting him involved with some of the other hosses that are going on right now, yes, please. Yep, yeah, I agree with you on that for sure. My number five was Jamie Hader versus Riho. I thought they had a fine match. Riho seemed a little bit off. Jamie Hader carried her, I feel like, in this match. Um, but it was a fine match. It just wasn't able to get crack the, the, the number five. Are we moving on to number four? We are. Trio's match. I thought this was really, really good. Um, it was the one thing I'll say, it ended a little bit abruptly. Maybe that's me just not realizing that the stomp was Buddy Matthews' finisher. But this was good. It was a great match. Great showing for everybody involved. Uh, every, I, you know, I love the entrance from House of Black every single time. Everything about them coming to the ring is very final boss-y. I'm super excited for this faction to carry on and just have them hold these titles and have great matches forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the best version of them. My number four was Matt Hardy turning on Ethan Page. I thought I got a huge pop. I didn't realize this story. People were like, I didn't realize people were as invested in this story as they were because this got a really big pop, man. Like, yeah. Um, I, so I was impressed. And, and like, given that we had a pretty funny experience with Matt Hardy and Ethan Page when we went to uh, the Dynamite in Winnipeg a few weeks ago, like, it, 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 firstly, he, Matt Hardy got a huge pop at that show. Um, but it was just weird to, you know, see this all play out on TV and, and the way it did. Like, I thought for sure they were keeping these two together. It seemed like the direction to go. People were seeming to like it. But as soon as Matt turned on him, it was just like, no, they were just more invested in Matt being Matt. Although until he had, um, Isaiah Cassidy over with him on the ramp. I thought for sure this was the the, the broken turn. I don't know if you felt the same. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what they're planning on doing with it. I hope it gets explained next week. Certainly, yeah. My number three, uh, Sammy Guevara versus Commander. I was higher on this match than I think you were. This was great. These two uh, were, I mean, Commander in particular, his high-flying stuff looks incredible. The, the height he can get, his ability to do the rope walk stuff is unbelievable. Yes, he needs to psych himself up a little bit to do it, but I like it's still really incredible, athletically impressive. Obviously, Sammy Guevara was athletically impressive. I don't think this went longer than it needed to. It was a relatively short and good match, and it did the job of keeping Sammy Guevara strong and having showing off how you know athletically impressive he is showing off that finisher of his and keeping him going towards that title match i will say one thing about this match that i didn't say uh i thought the promo afterwards from Guevara was very good mm, very very good and he's like he's gotten into a point where he's very confident like that's always been the one thing i've always had against jungle boy is in ring flawless 
Uh, and, and for the most part on the mic, he's fine, but he doesn't seem that confident. He doesn't see, he's kind of just seems like he's playing a character. Whereas Sammy Guevara in this promo made me believe everything he said. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure Jungle Boy is going to get there because he seems like a natural for the business. And I, I really think he does a lot of great stuff. So time will tell, but Sammy Guevara is here. He's now and him posing with that AEW title. Could that be the future, man? Um, the other thing is, uh, Darby and the rafters. I was a big fan of too. Okay. I thought it was a nice yep. callback. You know, that's the thing. If you associate him with Sting long enough, people will see that and immediately recognize it. Right. My number three was the trios title match. Uh, I, 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 you know, all the same thoughts that you had. Um, I just, I really love this pairing. I, I, I wish they would have saved it for like a pay-per-view because I feel like we got a really, really great match, but I feel like there's more to this trios title match. I think honestly, you could run it again. I, certainly, um, Trent looks great. Uh, Chucky T even looked all right, but Orange Cassidy is a guy that I have to highlight because over the last few weeks, he's been defending that title on a near weekly basis, the the, the international title, and in this match, like it, it goes to show how over this guy is because all of the House of Black is over. It, the act itself has gotten over, but Orange Cassidy is almost more over than that. So watching the crowd combat these two back and forth was a fun ride. And I again, I thought this match was really good. I hope they run it back. My number two, I think you're sleeping on this women's title match. I thought this match was fantastic. I thought Rio looked really, really good. She always is a fantastic challenger. Jamie Hayter her offense is devastating and it's great to see her come out and hit those, you know, those vicious clotheslines, hit some of the, the, the power moves that she does counter some of Riho's more high flying offense. And you know, it's just cool to see Riho jump off of stuff. And yeah, I thought this match was fun. Could they've given them a little bit more time? Yeah, I, they definitely could have, but I think it did get to that second level. I think Riho kicking out of that first clothesline was really cool. And yeah, um, I'm excited for this to continue. Also, Jamie Hayter kind of got to be herself out of Britt Baker's shadow a little bit tonight, and I was very happy about that. I will agree with that. I thought I, I agree with you 100% on that. I thought that, uh, the, again, it was more Riho than it was Jamie Hayter. I just felt like Jamie Hayter had to carry the match because I feel like, just, I don't know, maybe it was just for me an off night for Riho. I, it wasn't terrible. It made my top five. Like, it, it certainly, it got on there. And you know what? They didn't put it at 9.15, Kyle. Yeah, that's true. My number two was Danielson's promo. Uh, after the, the the Blackpool Combat Club uh, beat up the jobbers, Danielson came out and cut this promo about the amateurs in the back. And, and that brought out Hangman, which he, he continued to call an amateur. Uh, the, back, the the combat club beat him up and he drove that, that screwdriver into Hangman's head. We didn't get, th there was no blood. Not, not a single bit of blood was spotted on this program tonight. But we got a screwdriver to the head. Explain that. I mean, if it was Moxley, there would have been more. Absolutely. Um, but I thought Danielson sounded great. I didn't see the turn, so I and, and I don't feel like it necessarily explained why he did what he did. He just said that he loved all the guys in the group, 
and that nobody in the back understood love. But I think this is the direction for blood and guts. I agree. Uh, I do still hope there's a women's one, too. I agree. I, I, I agree with you on that. Definitely. Uh, we didn't talk about the outcasts on this show, and I don't feel like we're going to. So uh, I, I have to I have to ask about that promo. Um, I thought it was fine. Like nothing. None of it like offended me. It was just sort of it was sort of was. OK. All right. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, yeah. I, I, I like the outcasts. I I think that they're I think that they're it's taking its time to get over, but I think it's going to work. People for whatever reason hate Soraya, and it's very frustrating because she's great, and she's been great since she's been back. Like what's amazing is that she, like her wrestling feels like she hasn't missed a beat. I agree, that's and, an, and she's and she's incredible. gotten she's gotten better every match too. That triple mm-hmm. threat at the pay per view was great. It was fantastic. And yeah, I think I would like to see more Soraya. I assume we have the same number one. Yeah, I, I assume so. FTR wins the t- tag titles back. Yeah, this was a roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so happy to see them. Also, I do love uh, all the love that, you know, the, the guns trying to get themselves disqualified and them uh, refusing. See, I was going to bring that up. I, I I didn't understand it. Why would the why would FTR get fired if they won the match? Because they so, would win it by disqualification. So the thing was the FTR needed the titles or it was their or their career was over. I oh. think that was sort of what they were saying is that if they didn't get win the titles, they were done. Okay. But that was my what I thought. Also, I think it was just cool to see FTR like how much they wanted these titles, even if it wasn't their their AEW career. Um, even if like even if they could have won that way, I it's like they want to win this belt. This belt means something to them. This belt is like represents them leaving WWE, and I'm so happy to see them have it back. And I can't wait to see what comes next. Yeah, FTR was both of our tag teams of the year. Uh, 2023 could prove to be just as good of a year. Time will tell, and I'm sure we're going to get some great matchups coming up. Um, but yeah, like it's it's it just it everything feels right again. Not to say that like no shade on the guns, like the guns did their job. They held the ta- they they took the tag title from the hot babyface act. That F- if FTR beat, there could have been some problems. And, and 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 like to, and while I I think there would have been no problems, and I'm sure you agree with me on that. I just feel like the guns were the guys to beat for those titles, and it made sense. And it, it was you know it was good. Like the guns, I think looked good in this match. They looked ready. FTR looked great, and it was a really good main event. And they did. You know what? They didn't go like 20 minutes either. No. I thought this was good. I thought it was the right amount of time. I thought the thing at the end was, with Jay Briscoe was Mark oh, Briscoe. my heart. I'm oh, sorry, Mark Briscoe. Oh, my heart. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, actually, FDR was on the show um, on Friday when the Lucha Bros won the Ring of Honor tag titles, and they they celebrated with them as well. So uh, they're all over the place, and it looks like they like obviously they're staying with AEW. And I think that for us, for Kyle and I, 
that is a positive thing right now. And honestly, to be be honest, I think it's the right move for FTR because they're able to go and do all the other stuff that they want to do in AEW. Right. Like, they don't just have to work for AEW. They can go around and still tour and face all the best tag teams in the world if that's what they want to do. Right. And, yeah, I'm excited to see them win it. Short reign for the guns. I do think they're going to get these titles back eventually. And they proved, at very least, that they belonged in the division in a way that it just didn't feel like they did quite a while ago. That's fair. And I'll give it, like, you know... Same thing with the acclaimed proving that they belong, and boy, I can't wait for FTR versus the acclaimed. It's, it'll be good. It'll be good. Um, in terms of rating for this show, I like there was just so much good stuff, and really, I wasn't really upset with anything. I don't know if I can give this a five, but I can give it a four and a half. Okay, I'm gonna give it a four and a half as well. That that FTR win sent me home happy, and there were a few moments where I thought they weren't gonna do it, so. But, uh, you know, for the first time this in the last seven days, I've been really happy with pro wrestling at the end. Yeah, So totally. With all that being said, Kyle, uh, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to this podcast where they can find the podcast? Uh, you can find us in a bunch of places. You can find us on... Um, on um, Amazon Podcasts, you can find us on Google Podcasts, you can find us on basically your podcatcher of choice. Uh, if you want to find the podcast, usually get posted to Twitter and Facebook as well. Our Twitter is at WNWallop. Our Facebook, if you search Wednesday Night Wallop, uh, you'll find us, Rylan and Kyle's name. That's us. Uh, you can also uh, check us out on Instagram, at, uh, which is also WN Wallop. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can do so at LeregendaryKJ. That is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. Rylan, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. With all that being said, Kyle, send the people home happy. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been walloped. Good night. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.